Hello, my name is Douglas Block. I'm an author and mental health educator. Welcome to your Depression Recovery Podcast, where each week we talk about practical tools and coping strategies for healing from depression and anxiety. This week's podcast was adapted from one of my YouTube videos. I hope you enjoy it. The title of today's video is called, Can You Be Depressed and Anxious Yet Still Be Productive? And we'll find out the answer to that question, but we have to start with our joke. And, uh, you know, recently I've been following the work of a guy named Joel Furman. He advocates a plant-based diet. You know, everybody's heard of that by now. Uh, and so he says that salad should be the main dish. So every evening I make a big, wonderful uh, salad. And the other day, uh, we live in Oregon, the Wild West here. There was a guy coming in from Eastern Oregon. He was a cowboy. And I, I don't know, he was a friend of a friend. I invited him for dinner and I said, uh, so sir, what would you like on your... Um, on your salad. He said, ranch dressing. All right. <laughs> Again, the title of this video is, Can You Be Productive Even When You're Depressed and Anxious? So, what inspired this video? An incident 20 years ago, uh, when I was in my worst depression, I think, not only was I highly depressed, but I was also very anxious. They had a name for it back then, Agitated Depression. And on this particular day, my anxiety and my depression were both like a 9 out of 10. And I had to drive across town and go ahead and see a brand new psychologist. It was pouring rain. And I didn't want to go, but, you know, remember those cancellation policies, 120 bucks if you don't do it within 24 hours. So I forced myself, got in the car, drove across town, and I finally showed up. I got there and he greeted me. Hello, Mr. Block. Good to see you. How are you doing? I said, I'm a mess. I'm feeling horrible. I can't believe it. I want to die. He said, well, you got here, didn't you? I said, so what? He said, well, you felt horrible and yet you still managed to get yourself here. Now that should be celebrated. I said, no way. You're not listening to what I'm saying. I'm telling you what a mess I am. He said, no, you felt like a mess. I agree with that, but you still got yourself here. Well, we argued for a while and then I kind of gave up and went on to the next stage of the interview. But, uh, Years later, like recently, I finally got what he was trying to tell me, and that is that you can feel absolutely miserable and still function. You, you can feel absolutely horrible and in spite of that, still be productive. So let me give you some more examples. I've got a guy in my group, 25-year-old, um, really sweet guy, but he's highly, highly anxious. He's so anxious, in fact, some days he can't even get to the group, but he, he makes an effort and he does more often than not. One day I asked him, well, what's your coping strategy? What do you do to kind of you know, keep yourself sane? He said, well, every day when I get up, I make a list of things I want to do today. And as I go through the day, and, and you know, I, every time I do something, I cross the task off the list. And at the end of the day, I look back and I see what I've done. And I feel really good about myself. Even if I only did one thing, uh, it's still an accomplishment. And whatever I don't do today goes for tomorrow. Another group member, let's call him Robert, uh, comes to group and he reports feeling hopeless. Yet every week, he, he sticks to a regular routine. Uh, he goes walking with a friend, he comes to group, he sees his therapist, and he goes to uh, band practice with his fellow musicians. And he told me, uh, you know, ever since this depression occurred, I, I don't seem to enjoy the music as much as I did, but I'm still glad I showed up. This reminds me what Woody Allen once said, 80% uh, of life is showing up. So the fact that Robert showed up was significant. Even though he wasn't really enjoying himself, it still somehow changed his brain chemistry for the better. So what's the takeaway from all this? Here's the key. Your behavior does not have to be dependent upon your feelings. 
Psychologists say that if you change your behavior, then your feelings will follow. Uh, they'll change too. Uh, this reminds me of what I heard in a 12-step group, act as if. That means if you want to be in a certain state, act as if you were already there, and soon your feelings will change and you will be in that state. For example, in a therapy known as DBT, which stands for Dialectical Behavioral Therapy, they teach you a behavior for changing your mood, which is called the half smile. <clears throat> so what you do basically, I'll demonstrate, is you take your palms up like this, and then you lift the sides of your mouth up, not too much, just a little bit. What I notice is that after three minutes, there's a slight uptick in my mood. By changing the way in which I position my facial muscles, changes my physiology, and my mood follows suit. Here's another simple example of how you can use behavior to change your feelings. Um, get a mini trampoline, or maybe a, a real one, and start jumping up and down, throwing your arms up in the air saying, life is wonderful, life is wonderful, life is wonderful, life is wonderful. Do that for about five minutes or how long, ever long you can deal with it until you run out of breath, and then check in with yourself. I'm pretty sure you're going to feel more energy and better mood than when you started out. Now, of course, there's a caveat to all this. When you're super depressed or super anxious, it takes an act of will, a tremendous act of will, to do even the smallest things. As one person said, filling the sugar bowl felt like climbing Mount Everest. So don't feel too badly if you can't act as if or you can't be productive. But there is one thing you can do, and that's enlist the help of other people. So for example, in my episode I talked about at the beginning of this, uh, I, I, was, I couldn't do very much of anything. So uh, a good friend of mine would drive me to my intensive outpatient program a couple of times a week. Another example is we had a group member who couldn't get out of bed on the weekends, so two other members drove to his house, rousted him out of bed, and took him on a hike in the Columbia Gorge. So it's okay if you can't do it alone. <clears throat> Don't feel ashamed to reach out for help. After all, human beings are a cooperative species and enjoy helping one another. So when you actually ask someone to assist you, you're doing them a favor. And one day when you feel better, you'll be able to pay it forward and help someone else in need. This has been Douglas Block. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something from it. If you'd like to ask me any questions about what you have heard, feel free to email me at douglasblock at gmail.com. That's my first and last name, all lowercase, at gmail.com, without any dots or underscores. If you would like to learn more about my work with depression, you can visit my website, www.healingfromdepression.com, or go to my YouTube channel. Just open up YouTube and type in the words Douglas Block Depression and my Depression Recovery Channel should come right up. Finally, I would like to remind you that depression and anxiety are treatable conditions. It may take time to find the right therapy or combination of therapies, but if you persevere, you can achieve the healing that you seek. And until our next podcast, I wish you the best in your mental health recovery. Thank you for listening. <laughs>